0: All right, let's get into it. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but only that which is good for necessary edification. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And let all bitterness, wrath, anger, along with all, uh, uh, along with all malice, be put away from you. Today, we are looking at how to do relationships God's way. Last week, uh, we looked at the picture of forgiveness. In Ephesians 4, verses uh, verse 31 uh, and 32, uh, the Apostle Paul is talking to us about how we are uh, to forgive others the way that God has forgiven us. If you remember, we started the journey in 429 where Paul said, uh, don't let any corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but only words that build up don't tear down. He said, don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God, but rather get away uh, from all of these emotions like bitterness, wrath, and anger uh, that lead to clamor, uh, evil speaking, and malice. And then last week he said, forgive each other, even as God in Christ has forgiven you. Uh, coupled with that forgiveness is tenderness and kindness that God has shown toward us. Now today, we're talking about love. And when we talk about love, we, we need to understand that this is the kind of love that we need in our relationships, but it's the kind of love that is so absent from so many of our relationships. In Ephesians chapter 5, verses one And 2. The Apostle Paul writes, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ has also loved us, as he gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice that is a sweet aroma to God. As we look at this passage today, and as we consider the idea of love, let's see what Paul is telling us. And and it's not that complicated. The text is pretty simple. It is that you and I are to imitate God in the way he loves us. You and I must imitate God in the way he loves us. So what that means is that we're supposed to love others in the way that he has loved us. Now, you look at your relationships right now and evaluate your relationships. Am I loving my husband the way God has loved me? Am I loving my wife the way God has loved me? Am I loving my children the way God has loved me? Am I loving my parents the way God has loved me? Am I loving my coworker? the way God has loved me? Am I uh, loving my classmate the way God has loved me? Am I loving my neighbor down the street the way God has loved me? Am I imitating God as a dearly loved child of his? Now, Paul puts it in perspective. He says, okay, first and foremost, you gotta understand that this love that we're supposed to have flows from our relationship with God. We're to imitate God as members of his family. We are dearly loved children. I have to tell you, this kind of love is out of the reach of those who are not part of God's family. If today you have not received this wondrous, life-changing love of God through faith in Jesus Christ, then everything that Paul tells us and everything that we're about to look at in Scripture is going to be out of your reach and your relationships will suffer. You see, I believe, and you need to hear this, I believe that the most satisfying relationships can only be found when we have a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. But what scares me is that I so often miss the satisfying relationship with others, even though I'm a follower of Jesus. We look at relationships within this body of believers, this family of faith called First Norfolk. Are we loving each other the way that God has loved us? Paul gives us a command. He says, be imitators of God As dearly loved children. And that imitation, what we're supposed to emulate, is how He has loved us. That's how we're supposed to love others. This obviously isn't the only place in Scripture, maybe it's not obvious yet to you, but it's not the only place in Scripture where we are commanded to love others the way God in Christ has loved us. First John chapter four, verse eleven. The Apostle uh, John says, therefore, as, as, as the children of God, we need to love others the way God in Christ has loved us. If God has loved us in the way that, that, uh, that we see Scripture describing, then verse 11, 1 John 4, 11 says, we also ought to love each other. In John chapter 15, Jesus said... A new commandment I give you, that you love one another even as I have loved you. This is the core curriculum for followers of Jesus. This is who we are. And yet so often we ignore this DNA of being part of God's family. Remember the greatest commandment of all in, John, in Mark chapter 12 verses 29 through 31. The lawyer comes and asks Jesus, what's the greatest of all commandments? Jesus said, the greatest commandment is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord, he is one. Therefore, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus connects our loving God with loving others. And yet, so often as followers of Jesus, we give ourselves an out. We cut ourselves some slack to be disobedient in how we love each other. It should never be so as part of God's family. So as we look at this passage and as we talk about our relationships, understand that God... Highlights for us throughout Scripture how he has loved us and he commands us to imitate him and love others the same way. So as we look at how God has loved us so we can imitate him, we look and see first and especially in verse 2 of chapter 5, Ephesians 5 verse 2. That we are to live a life of love or walk in love. The term for walk there is parapite. Parap- uh, it means to walk. <laughs> it, and it means to, to, to live our lives in a particular way. We are to live our life immersed in this love that God has given us. So that we might live our lives loving others. And how do we love others? Just as Christ also has loved us. And gave himself up for us. An offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. Now those phrases, offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma, teach teach us how that God has loved us. God has loved us in a self-giving sacrificial way. And God has loved us, John 3:16, by sending his own son so that through faith in Jesus, through his death, we might live. God has shown us what love looks like. It is we sacrifice to love. We sacrifice Now, that's not an easy picture for us to embrace. But that is the picture of what it means to walk in love. Just as Christ also has loved us. We walk in love when we follow in the footsteps of Jesus in our relationships. And what did Jesus do in his relationships? He determined to give his life to die upon a cross... So that we might live. And that's what Jesus was uh, getting at in John chapter 15 when he was talking to his disciples. Just earlier before he says you're supposed to love others the way I've loved you. He says this is what love looks like. That you lay down your life for your friend. That's that's what love looks like. It is self-surrender. It is sacrifice it is selfless living to bless the other this week as you uh, go to the uh, uh, first norfolk blog and look at the devotions on love we're going to pick apart first corinthians chapter 13 and if there's anything about first corinthians 13 that we learn about love it's that we sacrifice simply to bless this weekend i get to do a wedding And uh, when I talk to the bride and the groom in the wedding ceremony, I will talk about loving others the way Jesus has loved them. Specifically, the husband is supposed to give up his rights in order to bless his wife. And in the same way, the wife is to give up her rights in order to bless the husband. That is the picture of love. If you're a parent, you understand this. This isn't complicated. We give up our rights all the time simply to bless our children. Simply to, 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 uh, uh, to, to provide a pathway for them to experience the full measure of what this life holds in submission to God. We are a people, even as parents, who sacrifice to bless In our relationships with people who are close to us, maybe this is somewhat easier. Maybe it's somewhat easier to give up our rights or to surrender or to sacrifice to bless the other. But let me tell you how God has done it. God sacrificed for those who didn't like him very much. This is Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. We are familiar with verse 8. God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, we hadn't cleaned up our act. We hadn't uh, gotten right with him. We, We hadn't made ourselves acceptable to God. But even in our hostility toward God... God has sacrificed his beloved son, Jesus, in order to bless us with his rescuing love. Guys, that is what we're supposed to imitate. We are to surrender self in order to bless the other. We we sacrifice to love. Jesus came as an offering and a sacrifice so that he might bless you and me with salvation. Today, we're supposed to imitate God in the way he loves. And that means as Jesus sacrificed to bless us, to love us, we must sacrifice to bless others and to love them. How in the world can we love like that consistently? We'll come to that in a second. So God has loved us by sacrificing to love us. The second thing I want us to see and how to imitate God is that we offer correction in love. Now, love is not just all uh, suds and sentimentality. It's not just all feel-good moments. Love also contains this idea of correction. We see this in two places in Scripture and how God has loved us. The first is Proverbs chapter 3, verse 12. And the other place where it quotes Proverbs chapter 3, verse 12 is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6. In both of these places, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, we see that God loves those whom He disciplines. That God disciplines those whom He loves. That term for discipline is, in essence, a course correction. It's where God says, I love you too much to let you continue without a warning from me. You think about it. What father, seeing his son or daughter run headlong to a cliff, would just say, I don't want to invade in their territory they see their children getting ready to plummet into the crevasse of misery what mother or father would just stand idly by and say okay they get what they asked for no a loving parent seeing their child headed for danger would offer at least a warning. A, a, a loving parent or a loving friend seeing someone they love that, that headed for, for disaster, they're not going to sit idly by and just say, oh well, I don't want them to think I'm trying to impose my personal beliefs on their behavior. Now, love risks... Rejection from the other in order to warn them about the danger toward which they're headed. Love offers correction. I'm thankful in my life I have a wife who loves me, who offers me correction. I'm thankful that even my children have permission to warn me about when I'm headed off a cliff. Usually on social media, they say, don't don't post that, Don't, don't do that. I'm thankful for faithful men who surround me on a monthly basis simply to offer me correction as needed. I'm thankful for a godly mom and dad who to this day warn me and correct me. Discipline, correction, doesn't feel much like love. But friends, it's every bit as loving as the sacrifice that God offers through Jesus Christ. We are to love the way God has loved us. And every child whom God loves, he disciplines. You can look it up, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 12. That's how God loves us, so that's how we're supposed to love others. We offer correction in love. Now, let me also say that that, uh, the way we offer that love, uh, that loving correction, is important as well. You know, God doesn't usually begin in my life correcting me with a hammer. He usually begins correcting me with a soft word. He usually begins correcting me by showing me the end result of my current behavior. Now, it ends up in a hammer because I'm unusually stubborn many times. But that's not how he begins. As people who are to imitate God in the way he loves us, we're supposed to love others by offering correction. But we offer correction... In love. Offering correction in love means that the person who's on the receiving end of that correction understands without any shadow of doubt our love for them. And sometimes that means we have to offer hard truth. Sometimes that means that as a parent we have to take away privilege. Sometimes as a friend that means that we have to take away the car keys when one of our friends is trying to drive in a way that they shouldn't be driving. But regardless we risk because that's what love demands. And we do it in love to offer correction in their life. Love means that we love others the way God has loved us and because he loves us he corrects us the third way that we can imitate God's love is to comfort those we love I read this a few moments ago Zephaniah chapter 3 specifically verse 17 just listen to the words again Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17 God will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. He will quiet you with his love. You get the picture there. Do you know what God's love calls him to do? It calls him to be so involved and engaged in your life that when the night terrors begin to shake your soul, He soothes your mind and your heart with his love. The picture in Zephaniah 3, verse 17 is a picture of God singing a lullaby over a frightened child. Soothing words of hope and promise, but mostly the soothing presence of God that brings peace to our life. That's what God's love does. God's love comforts us. And in the same way, we're supposed to be a comfort to those we love. We are to love others with that same kind of comfort, pointing others, not really to our presence in their lives, but pointing others to the presence of God in their lives. I've heard some of you sing, I don't recommend that. God has a heavenly voice. You not so much until you get to heaven. That was a joke, and it won't come through as well, But especially since you didn't laugh, but that's okay. I won't use that at the next hour. Um, but there's something about us simply sitting with another person bent over by trouble and letting them know that you are with them and letting them know that God is with them. Guys, we're not supposed to live in isolation from those who are hurting, but to love others the way God has loved us means that we love them in a way that we comfort them now some of us need to take lessons on how to comfort other people i i I am reminded every time we have uh, a, a series of tragedies in our church that some of us it's not that you're not trying to be comforting it's just that you're not learned enough in comforting and what i mean by that is when somebody's hurting that's probably not the time for correction When somebody's hurting, that's not the time for you to expound on your belief system and how they should behave and respond to their tragedy. If you want to see how not to respond in a comforting way, read the book of Job. Job had three friends who were trying to offer him comfort and failed at every point. Don't be like Job's friends. But be like God himself, who offers us his presence and the promise of his rescue. That's what love does. Love comforts. And then finally, we imitate God in the way he has loved us when our love victoriously endures. See, Love does not imitate God that is fleeting. God's love is not fleeting. Love does not imitate God that is here today and gone tomorrow. Love does not imitate God when it sticks until times get tough and then it runs for cover. We... Imitate God in the way he has loved us when we love others with a love that victoriously endures. We see this in how God loves us from Romans chapter 8. In Romans chapter 8, beginning of verse 35, all the way to the end of the chapter, we see and hear how that God's love sticks no matter what. And he sums it up in verses uh, verse 38 and 39. on this earth or in this life, that can ever separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing, zero, zilch, no created thing, which is everything else other than God. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Now, we're supposed to imitate God in the way we love others. How he has loved us, we're to love others. Do you have a love that infuses confidence toward conquering in the other? Or do you have a love that is fickle and fleeing? A love that is not so sure for the other person when they go through difficult days. Part of the picture here is that God's love endures even in the unfaithfulness of the one he loves. Do you have that kind of love? A love that endures through difficulty? A love that endures through danger? Even a love that endures through the unfaithfulness of the other. that's how we're supposed to love but the question is how in the world can we love like that i mean that's that's a big ticket item right i look at that and i am i i I am so filled with trembling fear over the fact that i'm supposed to love like that and I just don't know if I can. But the command would not be in Scripture if the possibility and potential was not with his children. So there is this journey that we're on, like forgiving others the way God and Christ has forgiven us. Uh, we are on this journey. We haven't arrived and we haven't, we haven't uh, uh, somehow achieved this lofty goal of imitating God in the way we love others. But as folks on the journey, we should be getting better at loving others the way Jesus has loved us. In fact, I think the key for us loving others... And imitating God in how He loved others is found in that little phrase in Ephesians 5, as dearly loved children. See, this is the key. The key for us to infuse our relationships with this divine kind of love is by immersing ourselves in intimacy with God who is our Father. Understanding that as part of God's family, we are to love others the way God has loved us, but more than that, allowing God's love to saturate our souls so completely that His love oozes through us onto others. I do believe that one of the reasons why churches are so lack in love is because we're trying to love in our own strength and love based on our own feelings and love based upon, you know, how others treat us. But loving others the way God has loved us has to spring from some other source. And that source is God himself. We can only imitate God because we are his dearly loved children. In fact, 1 John chapter 4 If you go all the way back to verse 7 and go all the way through to verse 11, you see that no one loves unless God is their Father. That God, who is love, is the source of love in our relationships with each other. And if we don't know God, then we cannot love others the way God has loved us. But because we know God. Because in this, the love of God is manifested toward us. That through the death of Jesus, we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son to be the payment price for our sin. Therefore, verse 11 of 1 John 4... Therefore, if God has loved us in the way that he's just described, then we ought to love one another we love others based upon how God has loved us and if we have a hard time connecting the dots between this this sacrificial self-surrender kind of love and this correcting kind of love and this comforting love and 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 even this victoriously enduring love if we have a hard time connecting the dots of how God has loved us and how we can love others in that same way then the The key for us is not for the other person to reform their behavior. And the key for us is not for us just to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and say, I'm going to love like this. The key for us is to immerse ourselves in God's love again. To listen to God as he sings his song of love over us. To spend intimate moments with the God who sent Jesus to rescue us from our sin to, 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 to remember that God is the one who is correcting us and he wants to correct our hearts right now and to understand that God is with us and that he is making us more than conquerors because of his love today we need to spend more time with God so that we can love others the way he has loved us So I guess really the question is, are you going to spend more time with God? And I'm not talking about just going through the rote um, uh, lessons that you receive. I'm not talking about simply just reading more and, and, and that kind I'm talking about setting aside time in your day where you can just live in the lap of the Father. And He can expand your heart to love others the way He has loved you as dearly loved children. So in the midst of the day, stop, take a breath, and pray. Oh God, will you show me again Will you nourish my soul again with your love so that I might love others the way you have loved me? God, will you show me again? Will you nourish my soul again? so that I might love others the way you have loved me. Would you just bow your heads right now? Will you pray that prayer before the throne of God right now in this moment? Oh God, will you show me Again? Will you nourish my soul again with your love so that I might love others the way you have loved me? Perhaps God is planting on your heart one particular relationship in your life that you have refrained from loving them the way God has loved you? Will you ask God right now, oh God, immerse my heart in your love right now so that I can love that person the way you have loved me, that I might be sacrificial in my love, that I might even offer correction in my love, that I might offer comfort in my love, that I might be victoriously enduring in my love for this person. even as you're praying right now, maybe you're just not feeling it. You "I, I just don't know if I can do this. If that's where you are, then just stop and ask God to remind you, to show you, to open your heart to how he has loved you, to fill your heart, to overflowing with his love for you. so that you can love others in the same way. Oh God, in these moments, as we have gathered here, and as we've bent our heart before you, God, will you remind us of how you loved us, how you sent Jesus as the payment price for our sin, how that Jesus gave himself over in self-surrender to be the sacrifice and the offering to you as payment for our crimes against you to show us your love. Oh God, com- communicate your love to us by your Spirit. Awaken us to your love this morning so that we can love others as you've commanded. God, help for us not to excuse an unloving spirit toward others, but rather help for us to receive your loving correction today that we might love others the way you have loved us. Oh God, even now, Change our hearts with your love so that we might love with that same love. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.